Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Benjamin Lake. Um, welcome to Why We Serve. Uh, I'm doing my first ever actual interview this time with uh, my buddy Vince Hollis, known as high school. Um, today, we're really going to talk about just, you know, his journey through the military, why he joined, you know, his ultimate purpose for it. And then um, really what kept him going through and uh, his ultimate decision on when he got out and how he feels about that currently. And just, you know, general content, general talk about how he feels about that. So here's here's Vince. Welcome to the podcast, Vince. What up? How you doing, man? That's what I'm talking about, man. Uh, good to see you. Um, for the listeners, just give a little, you know, history. We've obviously known each other since or Somewhere in there, I don't even remember, man. It's yeah, been a long time. It's been a long time. So just give a little history, a little back brief on where you're from, um, kind of your little timeline before, obviously, the military. Uh, okay, so I was uh, I was born in this area, uh, Rolla, Missouri. Um, so my mom's side, they're all from St. Louis. So whenever I was probably two or three. I moved to St. Louis, lived there with my mom until I was about 12 years old and then, uh, moved back to Vienna when I was in sixth grade. And then, you know, from there, you know, I, I guess, uh, I guess till 19, uh, right before I joined, uh, joined at 19 years old. Um, and I was in for four years active and, uh, two years reserve. Well, I can't remember, uh, I can't remember actually, was there a gap period between high school or was it just, it was pretty quick right after? So it was, uh, pretty much right out of high school. I mean, I think I went into the late entry program, I think like, like December of 2010, so senior year. And then, uh, I went in, I believe it was like the day before my 19th birthday, um, So it was, I don't know how many Not months that is. Yeah. For those that are listening that don't know about it, delayed entry program, all it is is um, you basically sign your contract and everything. You get everything done. And then, but you don't shit for like a couple. I did the delayed entry program as well. You do it like, what? I, I was like three months after. How long? Like probably the same or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like they make you go in and make you do like, you're supposed to PT every month and yeah, yeah, yeah. and get weighed in and yeah, you got to do all the military etiquette and all that, you know, like, you know, like if you're a Navy person, you go up and you say permission, request permission to come aboard, you know, it's like a pretend ship, you know, yeah, you salute the, the flag and then you salute the, uh, you know, the OOD, the officer on duty or whatever, and then you officer the deck and then you go uh, and then they say permission granted, come aboard, you know, and then, you know, welcome to, uh, Welcome to the recruiter's office, you know, so. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> For those that are listening that are not in the military, that is very cringy. Like, the people that it's like, it's like. Yeah, when you look back, like, when you look back, it's kind of cringy. I mean. In the moment, it's kind of cool. Oh, yeah, you think you're, you're, you know, you think you're like John Wayne, you know, yeah. like, man, I'm walking on this ship with, I'm a bad motherfucker, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm ready to go, you know, saluting flags and shit, you know. All right. Um, 
Yeah, so you joined 19, joined the Navy. Um, what, like, motivated you? That's, like, why we're here, I guess. What motivated you to join, ultimately? Like, what was your purpose behind it? What did you want to get done? Um, so, you know, just as well as I do that, you know, Vienna is a very small town, um, kind of in the middle of nowhere. I mean, you know, like our closest, uh, McDonald's and Walmart and, you know, basically, yeah, half hour away. I mean, you got Jeff city, you got Rolla. I mean, both, both directions, you know, so there was really nothing here. I mean, there, there's plenty here. There's farming here. There's construction. There's things like that. There's factories, you know, and I think. Oh, go ahead. I was just saying, the one thing I see not here a lot of times, um, not to like, I obviously moved back here, so I love my town, Mm -hmm. but progress is definitely not like steamrolling our town. Like it's not bringing anything in new. Yeah, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like taking a a step in a time machine um, when you come come here. You know, I always said Vienna was kind of 10 years behind, which for better or for worse, I mean, it's cool. You know, it's, it's almost, uh, gives you like this rustic kind of old fashioned feeling, you know, um, which is neat. Um, but you know, like if you're a young man, young woman, and you, and you really, you want to see more in the world and you want to see more, you know, opportunity and more, you know, you have more experiences, you know, that was, that was the only option. I mean, I didn't see any other options, you know, at college, it was kind of, out for me you know i didn't i had decent grades you know i i wasn't a superstar you know academic and i you know i didn't have any big scholarships or anything like that you know i was a i don't even know what level athlete i was i mean i was a decent athlete but i didn't have i was definitely never going to go to college for athletics you know yeah i think vince your thing like the i think the big thing you had you know going was you were just an all-around like good like student athlete and everything maybe you weren't like the all-star oh but uh haunted in here man your lights sorry. are flashing yeah, <laughs> the lights going crazy oh it's a sign it's going dark <laughs> I had to fix the light um, <laughs> So, yeah, no, you were talking about, you know, there's there wasn't a lot going on and you didn't think that you, I guess, what you, I guess, like with all that, you just didn't think like what? Oh, so like, yeah, so there wasn't much going on around here, you know, and I didn't really see any other options, you know, and I was just like, man, you know, this military stuff seems pretty cool, you know, and at the time, I mean, reflecting back, you know, we were, we were in a whole different, I guess, era, different time, you know, I mean, you know. 2009 2010 was kind of around the range i was you know i was looking at joining you know that was that age 17 18 years old and you know i i was just thinking man you know like you know the war on terror was was still in full swing i mean it was probably at its height for sure you know it's still 9 11 still was fresh in our minds oh yeah it was still like i mean especially you saw around here Mm -hmm. a very strong bias to how people felt about the middle east still yeah very strong oh yeah man oh yeah and and, you know, it was an honorable thing. And, and I think that was something that, you know, I was, I guess, glory in, in a sense, you know, yeah, as a kid, yeah. I watched too many Rambo movies no, and, and yeah. Like, I, I, I just talked about the other day. I think 
um, a lot of us that joined around then, I obviously joined later, but like um, that generation, you're like, you know, I'm serving purpose here. Yeah, it was purpose. Absolutely. It was purpose. I mean, it was, uh, I wanted to do something honorable, you know, but something that gave me the opportunity to experience things and to get training and to get, you know, something, something not, not just your traditional run of the mill. Uh, well, I'm going to go work in a factory for 50 years, you know, oh. like it was like, I, I just, I couldn't, I was like, I can't accept that fate, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's why I joined for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's good. So in a sense, I just want to get a general view. I guess it was just like a combination of serving, you know, it's an honorable thing mm-hmm. with the, I got to get out of here and I'm going to make something of myself. I'm not going to be stuck here doing these, these, these manual, like hard jobs that are not for the thing hard. Like I want to do something in my life and give it I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to do it. Yeah, man. Uh, you remember like that year before I, uh, before I joined, like, you know, like I was kind of a, kind of a fucking wreck, you know, to be honest, like I was, well, we all yeah, we all were, but I mean, I was, I was kind of a wreck, man. I mean, I just, my priorities were not in line and, yeah. You know, I, I just kind of was living for the moment all the time, which, I mean, can be good. But, I mean, I had no no goals, nothing set, you know, yeah. and I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I think that was something that the military, military gave me purpose. It gave me structure. It gave me, uh, you know, if I didn't have any goals, it, they, they were going to give me goals. You know, they were going to give me objectives. 100%. And, and that the was the thumb, thing. The thumb is pressed on that on your head you know you're you're getting your head shoved in the mat basically yeah you got to make a decision of am yeah gonna, am i gonna sit here or gotta do something about it you know? oh yeah absolutely i mean it was uh it gave me uh gave me purpose for sure you know and i think initially um i wanted to make a career out of it i really did i wanted to make a career and i wanted to be uh you know master chief or whatever the hell you know i'd be by that point yeah. you know hollis or yeah you know, I really thought that back then, you know, and then, you know, things change. <laughs> yeah. yeah. People change, you know, Ta- yeah. you know, everybody, sure. everybody uh, changes over time. Personalities. I mean. And yeah. your viewpoint on the military changes for sure over time, you know. Yeah. Especially after that initial. Oh, yeah. Initial push. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That kind of brings me into my next thing. Like, where did you see your like your drive and motivation go from basically, I don't want to include basic in AIT because for AIT, the people that don't know, AIT is your advanced school. Like we, well, Navy, what do you guys call it? We call it, it A school. It's advanced school, I believe is what that, yeah, that, that stands for. Yeah. Advanced individual training. It's just your job. So like, you know, Vince, what, what was your job? Uh, logistics specialist. Logistics yep. specialist. So like for how many weeks was it? Oh God. Uh, so we did, you know, we did modules. you know how they do modules now, yeah, you know? Yeah, so yeah. like training modules, I think we had like, I don't even remember, man. It was like 18 training modules and you had TPU, you know, you had holdovers yeah, and everything yeah. else. I was there from, uh, I was down in Meridian, Mississippi, which you've been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to my good friend, Seth Duncan. I know he's been there too. Just to let you know, he's a Navy man himself, but, uh, Memphis, Tennessee, 2011. But, uh, that's, Three, three, about three, four months is what that was back then. Um, things could change completely. You could, you could fast track it. You could take night classes back then. And you, I was not interested in any of that. You know, I didn't care. I just wanted, I would, 
So you were there for three or four months? Yeah, I was there from, uh, I think I graduated boot camp December 2nd. Um, uh, and then December 2nd, and then I think I had to class up and do all that stuff. You know how we always had to do your end doc and everything else. Um, and then you classed up, I think it was like a week or two, at least a week, but probably two. And then, um. Sorry, my dog, uh, my dog's being crazy. Um, yeah, so like a week or two, you know, uh, I'm going to say two weeks. Three or four months though. Yeah, yeah. And then you got your modules, you know, I I can't remember how many modules we did per week. And then we had holiday stand down at that time. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we had like, you know, 10, I think I took like 10 days of leave or something. But I mean, they they shut down, you know, it's like block leave for the army. You guys have block leave. Like, I, I don't know any Navy command that has Blockly, but they probably do. I mean, how we had holiday stand down, which was, you know, kind of like laxed hours and everything else, you know, lax duty hours, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, but yeah. No, and then, and yeah, about three months, roughly. Yeah. So, that, yeah. So, really, to break that down, we went off on a tangent. But mm-hmm. That's fine. Uh, Sorry about that. No, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, um, Basic in AIT, for people that don't know, you are pretty well motivated the whole time. Oh, yeah. The thing they give you. Like, you are just hard charging. I'm ready for Army, Navy, Marine, Air Force, whatever. Like, like I'm going to be the next. Oh, hell yeah. Army, you know? Oh, hell yeah. yeah. You put on those blousing straps with, you know, with pride every morning. Yeah, and you're, and you're, you're just worried about it every day. Bacon neck in your t-shirt and boots shine. You know, I know you guys don't. Well, and I don't think the Navy shines their boots anymore. But like you know, back then, shine your boots. You know, you, your boots had to be shined. I mean, yeah, it's a pride thing. Yeah. Pride well, thing. it was just you're gonna get your ass you know, yeah, busted yeah, if yeah, you didn't yeah, have your boots shined. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, no, it was a. Uh, oh yeah. What do you think? Like, but but yeah, let, let's go from the end of AIT to your first duty station mm-hmm. right? okay from there to when you ultimately ets out um okay do you guys call it ets yeah yeah e- e- yeah yeah ets yeah um, so from there to there how would you describe your pattern of motivation to stay in or get out okay so uh so from a school graduated a school um they kind of gave me an ultimatum uh when i when i graduated they said hey either hey you head to japan right away because that, that was where my first duty station was, Yakuska, Japan. Um, a, you head to Japan right away, or B, you take a month of leave. You're going to go with deficit, which I don't know if they do that with you guys or not. You know, yeah, we, did, we just did it to a bunch of tribes. Oh, I got you. Negative, yeah. yeah. Negative 10 days, which just sucks because that's like, that's four months to gain your leave. Yeah. yeah <laughs> 2.5 per month. Yeah. 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 For those that don't, yeah, I got always got to go for it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm trying to do this thing where if you're listening, you're not in the military. I'll try to explain best I can uh, when I catch military stuff. So for us, leave right. It's um, PTO basically, pay time off for civilians. Um, they give you in your in your I don't know how to describe it. Every month, basically, you receive two and a half days of leave. It's your benefits. It's yeah, yeah benefits. it's your benefits. So so. Um, yeah, you get two and a half days of leave. However, you know, for civilian world, it's um, hours you accrue, which is basically translates to how many days you can get off based on how many hours per day you work. For us, it don't matter if it's a holiday, a weekend, whatever. It's 
10 days is 10 days is 10 days. So like kind of sucks to lose that much and then try to work back up to it again. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, something too, you, you guys need to, you know, realize if you're ever thinking about joining the military as you know, like, you know, out, out here in the civilian world, um, you know, there's sick days, you know, like you got sick, you got PTO, you got vacation, but on the employer, you know, they, they set, they differentiate it different, you know, differently. Um, and then, you know, you accrue so many hours per week or biweekly or whatever. Um, you know, 2.5 is just the standard 30 days per year. And then, um, you know, but, but, uh, sick days, they don't exist. Um, so you get this thing called SIQ sick and quarters is what the Navy was at least. I'm sure it's similar in the army and other branches. Um, but, uh, I mean, no, no real sick days. I mean, if you're sick, you're laying in your bed, you know, you're laying in your rack, you know, whatever, what, I don't know what the army calls, you know, beds, yeah, just bunk. bunk. Okay. Yeah. Bunks. So, but yeah, that's all. I just had to throw that in there. Yeah, no, you're good. So what, yeah, describe your motivation. Um, so yeah, you know, boot camp. Uh, I'll, I'll start a boot camp. I like that. Yeah, I like yeah. that. So you go in and you think, all right, man, I'm ready to kick some ass. You know, Rambo. You know, we're yeah. gonna go in here. You train up hard. You know, I, Rambo. You know, might not be a good. Not the best. Yeah, it's, it's great. Bad. It's cringes, yeah. cringes hell. But no, hey, but <laughs> but uh, you know, so you go in there and you think, man, you know, I'm gonna take over the world. You know, I'm gonna go in and fuck some shit up. And then and then you go in there and you're trained up, man. You've been running, you've been sprinting, you've been doing pull ups and push ups and everything else. And then you're just sitting around for like you know weeks doing medical, doing admin stuff. You know, and you're like, oh man, you know, like I think you were so much. <laughs> Dude, I was a I was a badass when I joined, and I knew a lot of people that never worked out before. So good on you. There was a lot of like, people, man. Yeah, you because you, you know you went in, you're like this PT ain't nothing, but then other physical training for this, so but like some people would be like, oh, like yeah, dude. Well, so the story behind that too is like when I started out boot camp, you know, like I was running a lot preparing because i thought this was going to be hell on earth you know i, I was thinking oh my god you know boot camp's gonna be tough you know this is the military and then i got in and i was like you know there's people not passing their mile and a half and i just couldn't at the time i just was so i don't know i guess i was just so uh just it's a lot of normal human beings that go in you know and it's like like you know so like i i was like man you know how come uh how come these guys can't finish this mile and a half and it, at the time i just didn't quite get it all you know i i guess i had a different perspective on things um, but also I was a fresh kid out of high school, man, and had done sports and for yeah, years. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it's not gonna be perfect. no, so it was, it was a different deal. And, you know, I went in and, uh, I remember the first mile and a half runtime we had was probably my best one. I got in the Navy. I got in worse shape cardio, you know, cardiovascular wise yeah. throughout, you know, by the end of boot camp, I was in worse shape by the end of boot yeah, camp, yeah. like cardio wise. You know, I, I kind of got skinny fat towards the end. It was kind of, it was kind of weird. Uh, like push-ups and sit-ups and stuff though. Like I, I got better at those cause we did a bunch of that, you know, a bunch of core exercises and stuff like that. We didn't do a whole lot of running in boot camp and Navy really? boot camp. We really didn't. No, we didn't. Um, you know, honestly got, yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's odd though. I mean, but we, I did go in winter. I mean, we marched, we marched everywhere. Like, well, everybody mar in boot camp, everybody marches everywhere. Um, but man, I'll tell you, we, we really did not do a whole lot of cardio, um, did a lot of in-house PT. So we did a lot of, uh, you know, calisthenic type stuff. Beatings is what we used to call them, where you yeah. just go in and, you know, 
you know, the, uh, we, we call them, uh, RDCs, you know, RDCs, the recruit division commanders or whatever drill sergeants, you know, they would come in and, you know, punish us, you know, and give us like mountain climbers and eight count. I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> oh yeah this guy's a drill sergeant yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I i don't even i don't even oh what am i yeah what am i talking about here he doesn't know anything about what i'm talking about but uh but yeah i mean so yeah i was super i, I was super motivated i got in and i was thinking man you know like this is wild like, what's up with this shit like we're sitting in lines for hours and hours and hours yeah, and i'm falling asleep so and then they get mad at you for falling asleep oh like, man Cause you're just, you're just so you're, you, cause I think every branch I think does this where they're like, like keep you up for like 24 hours your first day or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then you can take, I, we got to take an hour nap on our desk. I remember we had, we were sitting in these desks, you know, and we like got to lay our head down for an hour, get up, you know, and then they didn't need us up. We just, they want, they just, no, just get up, they just get up, yeah. you know? And, and, uh, I mean, shock and awe, man. yeah, but all that, you know, going down, you know, that part sucked. I mean, got through boot camp. boot camp's just a blur. It's probably the easiest time you're ever going to have in your military service in a lot of ways because you literally just have to do whatever they tell you. Dude, we tell them that. It's so them, easy, you know, dude. Told, so easy. I went over MLS podcast with Tom Dan over at Fort Myers. I'm in AIT. Um, it's a little different. But anyway, like the privates, I tell them, you know, when they complain about stuff, I go, this is like the easiest part of your job because every part of your day down to your sleep is broken down especially in basic where you're like timing it to the minute what you do so you don't have to think yeah zero zero i mean dude it's crazy like it's like being like five five years old again yeah, yeah. it really is yeah and i mean just play the game you know yeah. just play the game and, and the people i think me and you because we grew up in this kind of uh lifestyle um the people that didn't grow up in this lifestyle that never had really a challenge in their life, it is hard because they want attention or they want recognition all the time mm -hmm. or they don't understand a mass punishment, what, what the hell that even is. But like, it is super easy to get through if you keep your head down and shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. Just don't, don't say nothing out of pocket. You're fine. Yeah, dude. That's like the way, to, I mean, that's, that's for real the way to do it. Yeah. Unless you suck at fucking marching, because I wasn't good at marching. <laughs> and then that, I mean, dude, I, I, I didn't go to so many things. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, well, what's this marching stuff? You know, what, what, in step, what's this? You know, and you were a band guy. So, I mean, you, you had a leg up. Yeah, I kind of learned a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. At least rhythm. Some people, you Oh, dude, bro, I had none. And, and I was like, uh, and yeah. I'm just chopping and stepping on people's feet. Yeah. Automatic target right there, dude. Yeah. Yeah, automatic target oh yeah it's a bad you cannot be a bad marcher man yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so like for all of you out there that are thinking about joining i will recommend that if you do like active duty or even you know the guard i'm sure they were they, the guard or the reserves or whatever um they you know take that march and stuff like if they teach you to march just practice a little bit before you go in it, it doesn't take a whole lot it's simple yet if you go in and have no idea whatsoever of what you're doing Learn how to do an about face. Learn how to do a right and left face. I mean, stay in step. I mean, it's a very simple stuff, but going in there with no knowledge whatsoever of it at all. You it, will get roasted too. Oh, yeah. And you're going to get roasted no matter what. Yeah. I mean, that's just how it is. I, I've never done it, right? I would never do that to a soldier. You? Yeah. Oh, God, you're an angel. I I, <laughs> I can't even imagine but you doing people that. people may have, okay? So, yeah. Like, I, 
basic stuff, man. That's like the craziest part of the military. We gotta, I gotta not get going, but I want to keep it moving. Yeah, yeah. But I do want to go over just the idea, the simplicity of, um, I think the Navy teaches it too. It's right place, right time, right uniform. I don't know if you guys ever heard that, but like they like they say it to me now. I'm a freaking staff sergeant. Yeah. Like right place, right time, right uniform. It's like you do that, like you're cruising. You're, yeah. You're not exceeding, right? Right. You are making a living, and you're fine. So. Think about Quaker Windows, like that. So for all of you, this is just kind of a local window factory, and we both worked there yeah, before. Both, yeah. And a lot of people, I mean, I would say probably like 70% of the people that live around this area have, it's a big employer, you know, um, you know, but, uh, or a lot of, just a lot of factory jobs in general, or even jobs in general, you know, any job you have, I mean, uh, you know, you just show up, put on your steel toed shoes and your safety glasses, clock in, you know, at the right time and don't be late. I mean, honestly, that's the biggest thing is there is same in the military. I mean, the military though it's really hard to be late it really is i mean you're you're not going to be late i mean just don't ever be late <laughs> yeah 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 i mean i don't even know how you can be late i mean yeah it's like it, it's possible i guess but yeah yeah i mean there's certain circumstances you know but i mean i mean you had to see in your career too people that were oh bro We'll get into that further down the road, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have definitely seen that. Yes, yes. Which is wild. But um, so we're, we were talking about the motivation, just right? Motivation, yeah. Yeah, when man. You get past the base of the AIT. Just yeah, so I, I, I'm glad because initially, yeah. I say, I don't, the listeners will probably pick up on it, but I did say, I was like, skip over that part. And then you're like, well, in basic. And I'm like, yeah. I wanna, and now I want to hear it. <laughs> it's a, yeah. It's all good, though. But we, uh, yeah, so duty station. So motivation. I, I'm I'm gonna briefly just go over some stuff. I, I, I'm going back to basic. I'm sorry, but so basic. You know, you you go through all that bullshit or whatever. Everybody has to do it. it. It just do it. You know, it's not like like he says. Just it's literally showing up, doing what you have to do. You know, so you get through, and then all of a sudden, you know, you graduate. Oh my God! You know, now I'm a sailor. Now I'm a soldier. Whatever, a marine. You know, whatever, an airman. And then uh, you go in, and then oh my God, your family shows up and everything else. And you get to eat real food, like civilian food. And, you know, you get to go to, I was up in Chicago. So pizza oh, places, yeah, Italian yeah. place. Oh yeah, man. It's Chicago style pizza is great. And, uh, you know, and you're like, oh yeah, all right. You know, and, and then, you know, you're, you're getting ready to go down to a school, you know, so AIT, a school, whatever for your advanced training. And you pop down there and, and you take a flight or a bus or whatever. And you show up and you're thinking in your head, oh my God, this is scary. This is so scary. Are they going to beat us even more? And then you get there and they're like, oh, hey guys, how are you doing? You know? And then you're like, whoa. Oh yeah, they're chill with you. Oh yeah, they're nice to you. They say hello and everything else. Yeah. Like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. What's going on? This has got to be a deception. It's a yeah. Oh yeah. If you guys want to use your cell phones, that's fine. And I know the military is different now. Like cell phone usage has gotten a lot more lax. Yeah, but back then it was like. Oh yeah. Well, well, we got two phone calls in boot camp, you know, and then on pay phones, you know, yeah. and then, uh, and then, you know, oh yeah, you guys can have your cell phones here. Remember kids sl slipping phones in their socks, you know, yeah. oh, it was crazy just to take it, to, just yeah. to take it down to a school, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, so a school is pretty, pretty self-explanatory. I mean, it really, you know, you get a lot back then we got a lot more freedom. Um, you know, we go in, we would, we would just, uh, you know, 
we would go PT and then uh, do whatever. You know, you had your schooling, you had your marching, you had all that, your uniform inspections, your room inspections, stuff like that. It was a lot more lax in boot camp. So, you know, you get done with that and you're thinking, man, I'm ready to go conquer the world because this is like the peak of motivation. Yeah. Like after like A school, AIT, this is the peak. You're ready to go take on the world. Your first duty station rolls around, you know, so took a month to leave, hung out around Vienna with this, this guy here, you know, and some other friends, you know, and had our fun. We were young. We're all, you know, 19 years old. Show up to uh, Japan. Were you, uh, I just want to clarify, were you, uh, those are fuzzy, like E1, right? Were you the same? So, uh, so I, I was, uh, I w- initially, yes, I was an E1. Um, I got an E2 in boot camp. Oh, you did? Yeah. Uh, from, uh. PT, PT scores and uh, from uh, testing. Yeah. So I had to take a test. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, you took a test even for that? I took a te- academic test, yeah, for like etiquette and stuff like that, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I was E2 going to Japan. And pretty quickly, E3, because it was nine months is what it used to be back then. So, uh, yeah, picked up E3 real quick, but got to Japan, right? And then all of a sudden I'm seeing, I'm seeing like, oh, my God, you know. Whoa. Vince, we have a call. Sorry. Oh, okay. Shit. Okay. <laughs> no, we're gonna we're gonna take a break for a minute. I guess it'll probably be in the next episode. I'll just make it a two-parter, though. But, uh, yeah, we'll be right back to continue Vince's story when he got to his duty station and stuff. Thank you, guys. We'll see you here, hopefully, in a minute, if y'all are listening. All right, guys, we're back with uh, me and Vince. I'm going to try. I'm still learning how to do this, right? So, uh, I don't want to record for 30 minutes. I got to get an app, I guess, to record right. But, um, you know... Uh, once I do that, um, not once I do that, I guess, um, I'm going to try to splice these two together and just make it a one-parter, but if not, I'll have both up as a two-parter. Anyway, we were, um, we were talking to Vince, you know, about, you know, joining the Navy and stuff, all that, um, his trip through basic and AIT, and now he literally was just about, it was actually perfect where we're at peak podcast right now the build-up yeah he, the build-up uh, <laughs> he was literally about to jump into his first duty station so um vince the motivation i'm talking about motivation to get through and stuff yeah so uh so so got off got off the plane um going into japan you know uh yakota air force base you know and i'm thinking oh my god you know, this is the first time I've ever seen real mountains in my life, like on the way into Japan, right? So, like, I, I fly into Denver. I'm like, holy shit, those are the freaking Rocky Mountains. Dude, like, whoa, yes. Yes. whoa. And I got a postcard from the airport, and I was thinking, from Missouri, oh, yeah, dude. I was like, I was like, I'm so cool. And I sent this postcard back home, dude. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Like, I'd been to Denver. Like, I'd really done anything in the Rocky Mountains, but I've been to the airport. So I've taken, yeah. So at that time, <laughs> I'm thinking there was another so. notch on the belt, man. I was like, oh yes. Yeah. So and then I get up to Seattle, and I'm like, and I spent a day in Seattle, right? And I'm like, whoa, you know, Seattle's nuts, you know, like 
there's trains, you take trains all around the place, you know, like, whoa, this is crazy. You know, we go to the, what's, what's the, like the, oh my God, I, you know, when you were stationed up there, I went up there to visit you at Lewis. Uh, yeah. Um, what's the sea, mar- the, f- the fish market the area? Freaking Pikes, market. Pikes, yeah. Oh yeah, man. We took a train around there and went, yeah. ate some, I mean, some, just some incredible food. We were right on the, on the sound, you know? Oh man, it was, it was crazy. Did you ride the Ferris wheel? I don't think I did. No, I, I didn't. Yeah. That's the first thing I did when I got up there. Well, we went up to the Space Needle. That was cool. Yeah, yeah that was sick, dude. <laughs> that was cool, man. It's kind of scary. Yeah. It's down as scary. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. And uh, so we were, you know, so we got to Seattle, you know, and then also I'm, I'm just like automatically thinking, you know, from coming from Missouri, you know, and like going to these places, I'm like, oh, wow, you know, this is like a different world. And then I get to, then I fly over. I take a, you know, I don't even know what it was back then. It was like a 10, 11 hour flight yeah, to, yeah, to, to jets, yeah, mil- Mac right. flights, you know, yeah. military flights. And I take it over to uh, Japan and I'm like, man, so Yokota Air Force Base. And then, um, you know, we get off. I'm like, oh my God, whoa, you know, and, and we, we step out there and, and we get on this bus and they're going to bus us to Yokosuka and I'm driving on the road. Oh, it wasn't very long. Oh, Yakota okay. to Yakuska back then, man. I can't, I can't truthfully remember. Um, I would say it's like an hour, hour and a half, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, just for the shock for people at home, I just want to point out this is like a little country Missouri boy from yeah, at nineteen years old, just going straight to Japan. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> first. But like in my mind, I'm like. Yeah, you've seen nothing. I mean, you know, A school was was you know in Meridian, Mississippi, which was not very different from around here. And then you know you went to Chicago for you know for for boot camp, but you didn't get to see it. You were behind the walls, you know. So I mean, um, so yeah, I mean it was just shock. You know, you get out there to shock, and I mean, oh my God, you know, and they see these itty bitty little cars, you know, and you're driving on the wrong side of the road. And you're driving on the left side of the road. You're like, what's going on here? This little bus, this little compact bus, you know, and you got all your belongings. You know, you got a sea bag. You know, you guys probably call that something else, a duffel yeah, bag. The, uh, the green duffels. D- yeah. And we call them sea, sea bags. And, you know, I mean, you got your whole life in your hands, you know, literally. I mean, it's just like you got a couple bags and that's your life, you know. Most of it's uniforms and, uh, you know, a laptop maybe back then, you know, whatever. And then you're, you're excited, but scared at the same time. You're so scared. And, uh, you know, you pull up and then you, but then when you get there and you, and you report in, you know, you say, oh man, you know, okay, here it is, here it is. And then, you know, we had processing, so we had to wait a little bit before we go report to the ship, you know? So we had actually like a few weeks, you know, firefighting, training, everything else. Mm -hmm. Then you get there and then we had to go out and we had to do this thing called AOB ICR, where you had to like basically learn culture cultural etiquette you know japan in japan Japan, right so you have to learn the do's and don'ts of everything and then it was cool and then that was very smart oh we'd still we all found a way to fuck it all up i'm sure they do i'm sure they do because uh i'm sure they do uh we got briefs going into ports and the foreign ports but like yeah etiquette well i mean i don't know man it was yeah when you're stationed there it is important because I mean, Japanese etiquette was completely different than you know Western etiquette, or American especially. For sure, yeah. But um, but yeah, you pull up and you're like, oh my god, 
And then, you know, I, I remember going in and seeing, you know, going out in town for the first time, went to Kamakura, Japan, and that's where the cherry blossom festival is. And then we got to see all these cool, you know, beautiful cherry blossoms and got to actually go out and experience the town. And I said, I'm hooked. I'm in, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. And man, I was motivated, you know, I was as motivated as could be. And I was ready to be a super sailor, you know, and I was, and then we got to the ship and I shit you not. When I saw that ship, I was thinking, what the fuck is that thing? <laughs> I said, oh my God, it was an aircraft carrier. You know, I was on an aircraft carrier. It's like the size of our town. Oh my like, God. Right? Yeah. 5,000 people. Yeah. 5,000 people. I'm not even joking. That's 10 times the people in our hometown. Yeah. And the size of the carrier itself is almost the length of our town. Yeah. So it's like the flight deck alone is like 4.2 acres or 4.7 acres, something like that. Yeah. Just the flight deck alone. I mean, um, well, yeah, you, you, you see this thing and you, you always see like in pictures and movies and stuff like that. You're like, okay, you know, those carriers are big. You go up and you, you walk up to the son of a bitch and form and marching in a line, you know, cause you got to march. And when you first show up, you're like, oh my God. You know, whoa, this thing is mad. It's overwhelming. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and you walk up the, you know, you walk up to the, uh, to, you know, salute, come on board, you know, and then you walk up the stairs and then you walk up the brow and everything else. And then you say, oh my God. And then this is it. This is my life now. <laughs> yeah, on a boat. <laughs> yeah. Island. I'm, uh, oh, I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. It was fun at first, man. Cause, cause like you're just like, you're like, it's so cool. It's neat. You know, it's, yeah, it's yeah, fucking neat. Oh yeah. It's neat as hell. And then, uh, you know, I'm on there and I'm volunteering for everything, man. I'm volunteering for all the firefighting stuff. I'm volunteering for all the, all just the working parties. And I mean, just everything you can think of, man, I was a hard working son of a gun, you know, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go in and I want to kick some ass, you know, I wanted to go make rank quick. I wanted to be, you know, super sailor, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, man, we go out on deployment first deployment, you know? And we leave and, and then I get a, I get a supervisor, you know, he's an E5 at the time. I was an E3. I just got up to E3 and he just got, he just got back from Iraq, I believe. Um, so he, he did, you know, like boots on the ground for the Navy. Wow. So he, he, he did his time. Yeah. I mean, he did, he did, he did a service, uh, something I always would wanted to do. I just never got the opportunity to, yeah. um, but for he, those not in the military too, or I guess those in the military when you go over, he said he's an E6. It's hard in the Navy. A lot of the Navy guys, I noticed, they do E6. You had to be E4 to go. It was the minimum requirements. You know what I'm saying? They go over like, um, they don't say ranks. Like we say, oh, like yeah. Staff Sergeant, Sergeant Boss. I just noticed Navy guys a lot of times go by. We go by grade. like, so yeah, so like if. Which so is fine. It's not a big deal. I was just like, because us, it's a big, us, it's a big deal when you make Sergeant, which is E5. One through four is lower enlisted. Once you make E5, yeah. you're an NCO, not right. an officer. For the Navy and Marine Corps, once you make E4, uh, you are... A petty officer. Well, a petty officer or a non-commissioned officer. officer. Yeah. It's yeah. the same thing. Different, different strokes, different folks. Yeah. It's, but you are a little more respected. You are um, held to a certain standard. Well, you should be. Held to a certain standard. Um, in the Navy, um, it is a big deal to get promoted because it's a lot harder, from what I've heard. Anyway, yeah, it's 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 well. And here's the thing, I I've talked to my friend Seth about this, Seth Duncan. Um, but uh, I think the standards have changed since I've been in. 
back back whenever I was in, you know, you had to test, you had to test, you had to you know, have a good evaluation and everything to pick up for E4, you know, because it was, uh, you know, it was like he said, it's like a non-commissioned officer. It's you like a, I, I, I've heard different things. I don't know. I'm not, this is something, you know, I've been out, I've been out since 2019. Well, yeah, out of the yeah. reserves, I was in the reserves in 2019. I got out, but, um, but I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I personally don't remember, but back whenever I was in, yeah, like before, here's the deal with the Navy. Four was not a big deal. Picking up four, like. Yeah, it's pretty commonplace, right? Yeah. Most people just like, just like he said, it, it was lower enlisted still. Yeah. It was still lower enlisted. Yeah, you were yeah. still treated lower enlisted. We had formations, man, and we had formations, and it was E4 and below in one formation. E4 stood in the front. And then, um, you know, or sorry, E4 stood in the back of the, of the lower enlisted formation. And then, you know, E1s, E2s, E3 stood in front of them. And then we had a separate E5 formation over here. And then all of our E6s and above stood up front and they gave out the, you know, the, we call it muster, you know, every morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. But to go back to what I, what, what, what the hell was I even, where was I even at? Um, we were talking about motivation. Okay, so... <laughs> motivation so motivation so yeah so then you, you know you first deployment you know um you know and man i'll tell you what i mean like this is the first time in my life where i had like i guess okay so you you had choices as a kid you know like like you had choices you know like you could decide to do this or that or whatever everything's based on decisions you know like decisions are very important yeah um and then when you're in the military, yes, they're, they're important too, but most of the decisions have been made for you, you know, like boot camp, a school, AIT, most of it's just falling in line and doing exactly what you're told. Well, when you get out to the real Navy, real army, whatever, there's kind of like a little variance. There's like a little bit of buffer zone, you know, where you can like, you have to still make decisions like, like, yeah, they tell you what to do, but you still have to figure out how you're going to do those things. And you can still decide that I'm not going to do that. Well, you're just going to pay the price for not doing that, you know? So interesting. So I was a, kind of a shithead when yeah. I started out. Yeah. I got a little sour and you know, I, I, I really did at the time. I really wasn't a big fan of my E5. And so I didn't, he kind of like at the time, at the time I thought he was just barking orders at me, Yeah, which he was, but at the same time, it was what, it really was what I was supposed to be doing. He was my E5. He was in charge of me. Yeah. But would you say he was bad at giving orders or would you say you were bad at taking orders? It was both. Yeah. I would, I would say it was both. Yeah. It was, it was both. I didn't quite have that, you know, I, I didn't have that skill set yet, you know? So the, you know, it's a hard, I mean. It, which is, I mean, it's hard to take orders from people. Like I've always been that way just cause you know how I was raised with yeah. like, like that type of family. But like, I know for majority of people hearing someone bark at you every fucking day to get shit done. You're like, dude, leave me alone. And like, I'll get it done. You don't gotta be an asshole about it. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, the biggest thing is mutual respect, you know, for sure, you know, the for biggest sure. thing, mutual respect. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like if, uh, if you're an NCO or a petty officer or whatever, hiring in person, like, yes, you do need to delegate. Absolutely. That's, that is your job. You are supposed to delegate You're a leader, you know, but at the same time, 
you know, you need to treat your lower enlisted person as a human being or as somebody that you respect because they are the, the cog in the machine, I guess, you know, and you know, it's, it's not, you don't need to be their buddy, but you know, you need to, you need to respect them at the same time. You yeah, know? man, I'm still, you know, it's man, tough. It's, t- it's, learning, it's, it's, it's tough it's, to get that all down. I, I mean, think when you get the rank, you don't know what to do. And then you get, you know, a little more experience and you go to a place where they don't know you. Yeah. And you're like, I can finally get in people's asses. Yeah. You start screaming at people. Screaming don't work no more. No. This ain't, this ain't the freaking eighties. Like, you yeah, can't, you can't go around yelling at people because nobody, you may get something done that day, mm-hmm. but you ain't getting nothing done for like a long term. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I feel you 100% on it. Man. I, I, I hate um, leaders that just do not give guidance. Yeah, man. I need, I need that purpose at this point. And that's, the, that's what like older generations complain at us for like mm-hmm. like uh you always ask why 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 it's like dude motherfuckers i want to know like i want to know why we're doing this and i get at a certain point you've got to get stuff done mm-hmm. but it's that balance of like okay i trust you enough mm-hmm. i'm gonna get this stuff done you tell me to go i say oh, it's, gotcha it's, gotcha sergeant but like i gotta build that trust with you to get stuff done yeah, man. I mean, and it goes both ways. I mean, for sure, like you're saying, I mean, like you have to trust your leader. I mean, so your leader has, has to build that, has to build that trust, you know? Um, it's really hard for somebody to go in and work for somebody that they just don't like, or they, you know, or they don't trust or, you know, I mean, or they feel like it's like a, it, it, it's a, it's a futile effort, you know, like, yeah. like, oh, well, this guy's just going to, treat me like crap anyways, you know, who cares? Yeah, why would I try it? Yeah. And so that's the mindset. A lot of people, and that is actually where now don't, but you're saying that's kind of what happened to you at that point. First, just like, first deployment. That's what happened. Okay. Okay. How and, long was that? So we would do six months in six months out, six, oh, yeah, yeah. six, seven months, whatever. And then we would, you know, go, go back out. We'd go back to Japan for six months. When he's saying that he meant, you know, he was stationed in Japan with the boat. They go out at sea for six months. Mm-hmm. We're not really going to talk about where they went during that because that's probably offset. I don't want. Uh, no, that's fine. Uh, we can talk over that. We can talk about we it. We can talk about when you're go- when you're there. I'm just saying, like the location. Oh no, it's no big deal. It's well, not. It's not offset. Oh, it's not. No, no. But I'm just saying he was out at sea in Southeast Asia and stuff. Or so- yeah. Southeast yeah, we were Seventh Fleets, like so we were we were basically Southeast Asia. We were uh, the the uh, the Western Pacific and then uh, Southern Pacific and then also uh, the Indian Ocean um, was our domain. You know, we didn't really spend a lot of time in the Indian Indian Ocean, but uh, mostly you know Western Pacific. Um, yeah, we went to places and I'll just name them off real quick. I'm not going to get into detail no, on them, fine, fine. but like Singapore. You're saying over your career, yeah, yeah, Singapore multiple times, South Korea multiple times. Uh, uh, Australia multiple times, Guam multiple times, um, Hong Kong, which I don't know how that is nowadays because China's kind of, yeah, yeah, but Hong Kong multiple times. I don't know if they go to Hong Kong. Probably not. I mean, uh, oh, Hong Kong's awesome, dude. Yeah. It's it's great. It was cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then. Um, what was your favorite spot? 
favorite spot, man, for so many different reasons. Like, there's yeah, so many. Yeah, yeah. So, like, Australia, Br- Brisbane, Australia was, you know, yeah. m- probably. I've heard so many Navy people say Australia. Ah, oh, dude, Australia is so great. Yeah. They they just, it's just, so, the people are so nice. Like, and there's so many things there to do. I mean, yeah. it's just, oh, yeah. it's, it's such a beautiful place. Um, You know, but, like, like, Hong Kong, man, Hong Kong was. Hong Kong is wild. Like it's like a whole different ball game when you go to Hong Kong. That's the mega city, right? It's a mega. City. Oh yeah, it's a, it's 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 up there for sure. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like we we were Yakuska where, where I was stationed. It was two hour, an hour and a half, two hours by train from Tokyo. It was in the greater Tokyo oh, area. Okay. Yeah, I was right by Tokyo. Yeah. And then Yokohama, which is in basically the Tokyo area, you know, it's. It was thirty minute, a thirty minute train ride away. So I guess an hour and a half is what Tokyo was by train, you know. So I mean, I think it was only like sixty kilometers, you know. Tokyo was, um, so I mean, but uh, but yeah. So that that uh, th- those are kind of some of the places that I've been. Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur. Um, God, I can't think of. I there's probably some other ones I can't think of right now. But but what was like, you know, you said he kind of. Left a sour taste in your mouth, basically. He was a straight up, he was a good dude, man. Um, the guy was a good guy. Um, yeah, man, but if, I mean, like, he just went through some crap and, and like, he, but he was a good dude. And at that time, I don't think I was like, I guess the word for it is I was not, um, mentally tough enough to take orders in that way, you yeah. know, like, I was used to like somebody, you know, it wasn't boot camp anymore. It wasn't like play the game anymore. It was like, you know, yeah, you're getting this done now. And like, while you sit here on your desk and like, I'm lifting heavy stuff and care, you know, whatever I'm doing, you know, like you're not helping me. And it, it was just kind of the way I had saw it at the time. Yeah. I get it more now. Well, I do perception reality. Though. Yeah. Perception, they're not, I don't mean that a lot of people are just like, no, it's not real. Perception may not be reality, but perception is my reality. So yeah. When, when you see that stuff, you know, it does leave an indentation. It may not be my ultimate, like, viewpoint of you, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely going to draw, like, a conclusion about some shit if I just see you every fucking day when I'm out in the motor pool doing bullshit and you're, like, sitting there. That's very frustrating, especially the lower enlisted. Yeah, it, it lead by example, you know. It, run, sure. it runs down to lead by example, sure. you know. I mean, uh, you know, that, that's the biggest thing. And that's something, you know, even my dad taught me as a kid, you know, lead by example. I mean, you, you don't want to be the guy, you know, throwing out orders if, if you're not doing it yourself, you know, if you have not proven that you've done it yourself, you know, that, that's the biggest thing. I mean, you know, now I know that there's different circumstances for everybody. I, I know that there's some jobs, some people can't do whatever else, but in the military, I mean, yeah, lead by example, that's going to get you the most respect as a leader. You know, um, but, you know, we, we got, we got down to that point, you know, where, where we were kind of sour towards each other. Um, where is this at? Like your year mark? Yeah. So this is, this, yeah, this is about a year in and then all the way till about two years. And then I got another supervisor. She didn't want to do like absolutely anything. So I ran the show by this point I had picked up E4, you know, so I kind of was like able to pull off like some like 
some of my own things and like kind of go rogue, you know. For those that know the E4 Mafia, I don't know. Like, <laughs> sort of, kind of, yeah. Yeah, we call it the E4 Mafia. You know, you can basically run everything. Yeah. Without run, without your name being out there. Absolutely, yeah. So you don't have to sign off on it. You know, it's like right. it's like you can do everything. It's just like missions getting done, but who's doing it? Yeah. He forced. Oh yeah. Man, that was, that was the time though. Honestly, like she, she just didn't want to do anything. And I was like, cool, I'll do it all. You know, that's perfectly fine with me. You know, she left me alone, you know, Yeah. and motivation at that point was different. I, I about two years, I had thought in my head, well, I really don't want to do this anymore. You know, I was like, really? I really don't want to do this anymore. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I, I was not, uh, was not getting the fulfillment that I thought, you know, you, you see, you, you get this grandiose idea in your head, you know, you're thinking, Oh my God, I'm going to go, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go, uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to go take out terrorists and we're going to go do, you know, do all these badass things. And it's like, no, man, you, I mean, honestly, to be honest, you're really, most of the time, it's just like a regular job. You're, 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 you're sweeping floors, you're picking up boxes, you're filling out paperwork, you know, I mean, dude, like what, Oh God! Like I'm talking about, I'm talking about modern war, like oh God, nineties and earlier. You had like these, these cheesy movies. Yeah, painted this picture in your head that was like you know, yeah. Even like the eighties and like you know, then you had Band of Brothers, stuff like that, right? They they grandiose. Yeah. These guys, I mean, Band of Brothers is real. Band of Brothers is badass. That's one of my favorites. (laughs) Saving Private Ryan. Hundred percent, dude. And it's like, yeah, it's like you i think all of us at that age like me and you same age you know but like a bunch of us in our probably even my wife who's like she's 25 like um we grew up still wanting to like be the fucking hero because yeah 11 happened I'm like, yeah no let's get these dudes and then like you know it got a little more after five years ten years it got a little more complex and then after 15 years you're like this is real complex and then after 20 years it's too complex for me yeah um but but the army and navy both um you know in the first 10 years probably that's when a lot of the craziness went down and then we all join and all the action cuts off yeah and you're left with a sense of um, number one imposter syndrome, I'd say. This yeah. Is me talking, Vince. I, don't, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, 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 absolutely. But I think a lot of us get that imposter syndrome of like, everyone says, thank you for your service. You get invited to these like luncheons or whatever. And you're just like, I did nothing. And yeah. I have a, I have a rotation in Afghanistan and I'm mm. like, I, I sat and I sat in a little base and did nothing like, um, a lot of other people i only did three years i did nothing i didn't even deploy Mm -hmm. and you're left like sitting there with like like why why does everybody think i'm when in truth you did do something Mm -hmm. i think that's the hardest thing to push people Mm -hmm. if you serve for two years as long as you made a basic and you did like a year after Mm -hmm. i'll I'll call you a vet yeah not them ones that got chaptered but like the ones that like served a bit and just wanted to get out like people did stuff it's very hard to accept when you're in though 
it's very hard. Yeah, man. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, uh, I completely agree with you there. Well, yeah, you get kind of that imposter syndrome. Well, man, when you're, when you're on a boat too, like, like, you know, different than the army here, but you know, we were spinning circles around, um, you know, North Korea, not the Korean peninsula, you know, like, uh, China, like right out the South China sea. I mean, like we were just kind of, we were doing these exercises with different militaries and everything else. And like in, in your head, you're thinking like, man, you know, what am I really doing? Like I'm, we're just, we're, we're spending, you know, at that time I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, we're just spending taxpayer dollars by doing this now. And, it, but really the truth is, is we were a presence, we were a flag. Hey, you know, we're here. We're here. Yeah. Because if we weren't there, then, I mean, honestly, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I, I mean, I mean, we, we, we are, I mean, here's the thing, man. Stick, At, Teddy Roosevelt. Absolutely. Man, absolutely. Right? He, he understood that people don't fuck with the U S and they don't fuck with people who are attached to the U S. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, um, man, it's, it's tough, dude. It, it's tough. You know, like I remember when I, when I first started doing college, you know, mm-hmm. like, I took a macroeconomics class, you know, yeah, it was macro, not micro, but macro, macro. And, uh, I was taking it up at, you know, at the campus. And I remember some of the college students had different opinions on things, you know, and, you know, they thought like we, we saw this chart of U S spending, you know, and federal spending. And I forgot what percentage it was towards, uh, defense, you know, yeah, it's insane, insane. you know, (laughs) and like these guys were just like, oh my God, you know, I was fresh out of the military. I mean, I was fresh out of the military and these guys are just hooting and hollering, you know, and they're like, they've got good points, you know, but but you're just like, but I'm just thinking like, dude, shut up, you know, like, shut up. And you were on a carrier too, because you know, the parts cost for F-18. Oh, bro. Well, F-18, so, but. So back, back in the day, back whenever I was toting those bad boys around with a forklift, you know, yeah, yeah. um, you know, like I remember we had a chief, you know, and he told us, he goes, you know, that's worth more than your life. And then, and then I remember I was, fed law, you guys use fed law, right? You, fed law, federal logistics. It's a, I think so. Yeah. So I went in there and looked at like the price of like what an F-18 engine was. And I think it was like. It's either like one point two or one point four million dollars or something, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "That's worth three, yeah." And like, that's what, yeah, that's what he was, and that's what he was getting at. And so, like, uh, we were—he was joking, sort of, yeah, but not really, but not really, you know. And I was like, "Damn," you know. It put it all into perspective, like, "Whoa," you know. But you know, so so I'll go ahead. No, what we got to do is I'm going to take another break apparently because we went. Yeah, we've been going. Another time. We <laughs> yeah, we keep going. Hopefully, minutes. you guys are, are keep. Um, yeah, I hope you guys kept up. So yeah. We'll have a, either a part three or a continuous saga, but um, just uh, tune back in and we'll continue with Vince. You know, we're about mid career at this point. So we'll, uh, we'll get the rest finished for you guys. All right, we're back. Uh, for the third time, um, <laughs> figuring this thing out. Vince was just talking about, you know, he's about halfway through his stint, just the motivation um, to get through how it was steadily declining. Basically, um, based on who he's dealing with, and at this point, he was kind of running the show silently, yeah, with his like little section, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, 
you know, we all had like our own little like, su- like we had like our little supply uh, section, I guess you can call it, like within our division. Um, so yeah, I was for my division, I was in charge of supply. How many people would you say were in like your group? Like, forty, roughly okay. forty. Okay, and then how many is in a division? So that was our division. So like Navy terms, like you had, um, you had the ship, which was the big picture. You had right. ship's company, which was a r- roughly 3,000 people. And they had squadron, which that's all the planes, yeah, he- yeah. helicopters, all that, that fly on board. Um, so total, it makes up five, around 5,000 people when you go on deployment. Um, so that like the ship's like, you know, it's a, it's a floating city. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we, we had 40 in our division and then, you know, there's a department. So we, I was in the aircraft intermediate maintenance department and then the division, you know, is 40 of that support equipment, support equipment, basically everything that, you know, taxied the, the aircraft around and, you know, uh, jacks for the aircraft and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So forklifts. Kind um, of like a, like calling a fleet crew almost like that? Or sure, man. Sure. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is uh so basically stuff that supported aviation operations you know i get that yeah yeah um so yeah you get so what how was it it just kept going down or what man it was like kind of like looking back now it was probably one of the happiest times of my life um because we had some amazing people and i always said that even back then you know the people that i worked with were you know brothers and sisters everybody was so great it was like a family i was probably closer to those people than i was to anybody else in my entire life yeah for that period of time yeah you know for that period of time you know we all grow apart but during that period of time they were i was closer to them than i was anybody else yeah um first i can i can empathize with that because you get a similar situation on actual on deployment like for army um you develop bonds with people in those isolated incidents that you'll never see anywhere like you'll never see that in a lot of other instances except for my wife hi honey i love you love you anyway um the so you're dealing with all that and stuff, but in that moment, how did, how do you think you felt? At that Just moment, this? you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. You know, that, that's the way we, as humans, we always think, I believe, you know, yeah. I always think that we were, we, we think in our heads, especially as, as young men and women, we always think that we're missing out on something, you know, 100%. um, you know, especially being 20, 21, 22 years old, we, we think, okay, well, all my friends are back home partying and having fun, you know, drinking, you know, showing, you know, at the time, I mean, I don't even remember, was Instagram out? I guess it was I, out. It, it probably was. I mean, yeah. it was like 2013. Yeah, 2013, yeah. 2014. So, I mean, like, we're, we're like, you know, you're looking back and you're seeing Facebook, we're seeing pictures and stuff and we're thinking in our heads, like, you know, oh man, you know, I'm missing out on all the fun times, you know, and, and, and you know, and so at that time, you know, I thought in my head, well, I'm, I'm missing out, you know, I'm missing out and I'm here and I'm stuck here. Which is so funny because people see yours and they're like, well, he's in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's in Korea or Malaysia. Well, it's, it's crazy. So it all hit Ben. And I, I will, I will say that it all hit about the, 
about the third deployment, it all hit, you know, and my motivation was kind of back up again. Cause I picked up a uh, five, you know, yeah. and, uh, I picked up five again, you know, I, I and I, I thought in my head, I, I was like, well, okay, you know, this is different. You know, this yeah. is kind of a, people are kind of like listening to what I have to say, you know, and like, um, you know, like, you know, what, what's going on here? You know, why, why are people actually like, they're, they're actually respecting my opinion. It's kind of started to as a four, like towards the later years of my four, but, um, later time in my four, you know, they started, uh, E4, they started, uh, kind of respecting me just a little bit, like on my, you know, on my thoughts on, um, you know, logistics or supply or whatever else. But as a five, it's kind of like solidified that, you know? Yeah. It, 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 um, it says to people, I actually know what the hell I'm talking about. Right. Take my word for what it is. Right. And so that was kind of kind of the point. And I'll tell you right now that when I picked up five, picked up E5, I thought in my head, I thought, well, you know, I, I kind of want to stay in now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I was such a little stubborn asshole that... I had had all these plans made up and everything else and I didn't want change. And I said, no, you know, because you, if you can remember when we were kids, you know, we were brought up to believe that, that the four year degree, the four year path was the only path, you know, that was the best path. You know, yeah, I talked about it in the last one. I believe. Yeah. We were, we were brought up probably the last generation that, you need to go to college absolutely to get this shit done it was a necessity yeah it, it was a necessity you know that was the thing and i mean uh you know for, i would say millennials you know i'd say millennials you know like 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 it was a necessity like you had to go you were you were you were lower than everybody else if you didn't have a degree and you know that's how we thought you know as, as kids you know and and that's not right obviously that's completely it off sucks because i remember they elected to go to trade school. Bro, they made the they, they made a good so decision. Many, so many people, I don't know, I might have made a comment or two, but I also know people that were just like, you know, they're just going to trade school. That's what they do. Yeah, see, that's what we thought back they're then. Genius, yeah, genius. yeah. They're, genius, they're, absolutely. They're probably more money than you right Oh, now. hell yeah. Working in our hometown. Yeah. With a very solidified job that has a career path progression. Yeah. And they will eventually be able to retire at a reasonable age. Yeah, it's absolutely that. And, you know, and, you know, we, we, in our, and I don't know, and maybe I, maybe, you know, at that time we read it wrong, but in my head, I had thought, you know, educators, everybody, you know, parents, everybody pushed the four year degree because yeah. it was just the way to be, you know? <laughs> so I guess the motivation, basically to answer this big, long question, yeah. the decline, and I think I was re-motivated towards the end because I had found, I had found that I was good at something. I was, I found that I was really good at, at my job. I was, I, I really was. I remember I had a chief, um, an E7, you know, in the Navy. He told me, he goes, Hollis, you're getting out. And I go, yeah. He goes, oh man, well, we're going to have to have two people to replace you. Now, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I'm just saying that that was my, I was good at my job, my no, specific job. Hearing that type of shit, you feel so good. It's, yeah. 
it's so nice to get that affirmation from people that not like not like obviously my spouse or my family members that's different right that's that is sweet and that hits a different string but when you get that confirmation from your job that hey man you legitimately are doing a good job we're gonna need a lot of people to help when they're gone yeah you're like you know what i'm i'm kind of crushing it right now yeah (laughs) man well like me like you are a very humble person so it's hard to accept those compliments, but it is true still, like regardless of whether or not you believe it, it's true. Yeah, man, we, we, you know, and, and a lot of it had to do with effort, you know, man, I always put a lot of effort into uh, everything that I had done, you know, but you know, something that I can, I can say is, is that I guess I was stubborn, you know, I've, I've always been a stubborn little asshole, you know, and, and, and kind of like, um, I was kind of, I guess, even at a young age, I was set in my ways a little bit, you know, like, like, I mean, I, I'm more, I think, I feel like I'm more open-minded at 30 than I, what I was at, at 18 or 21. I, I would hope everyone is. <laughs> I, I, I mean, uh, but you know, I, I, if I had a path, I was going to stick to it, you know, and anymore, that's not really the case, yeah. <laughs> which is crazy because yeah. it's like a complete 180, but you know, back then it was like, uh made up my mind I was going to go to college. This is this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to use this GI Bill. So for all of you back then, you know, like the deal was, is we had the post 9-11 GI Bill. And it was like $80,000 total, you know, for 36 months. Isn't of, that what it is? The, I don't know what it is now. Danielle, do you know the number for total GI Bill? There's no, there's no number, right? For how long you use it? Yeah, no, the amount they can give you. Oh, there is a certain percentage, but they match whatever college tuition you go to. College. Oh, okay. So my wife, who's a, For the post-9/11. a wonderful genius, okay, she uh, she also uses the 9-11 GI Bill. She says they match pretty much almost every, I, I'm sure probably some issues you run into is like Yale or Harvard or something. Yeah, like those big, in, yeah. you know, higher-end colleges. Well, wherever, obviously, you know, around here where we're going to college, they'll tuition and it's like bah right yeah you get bah for uh each each uh each month bah is basic allowance for housing that is as long yep. as you take one in person class shout out to danielle yeah <laughs> um base allowance for housing though is a stipend the military gets during their paychecks right so you get your base pay and then you get if you're married or over a certain rank, or if you're taking college, you'll get a certain amount for what they consider is the average um, uh, cost of living, basically for like a house, like a rent mm-hmm. and utilities. So with college kids, they get that tuition paid and they get that paycheck every month right so they can cover their living expense and it typically covers a little more sometimes right like you know back in what year was it so i lived in columbia back columbia missouri back in 2017 and uh in 2017 like bah was like 1100 dollars a month i believe is yeah for like you know for just just for going to school you know just for being a full-time student right um and I got the full BAH. Um, 
So, I mean, that's a, it's a pretty sweet deal, you know? Um, and I think that was something that was looming over my head was knowing that I had that, that GI bill. And, you know, the fact that I always wanted to go to college and wanted to do all these things and, you know, the grass is always greener. I mean, you know, never again will I ever have the opportunity to travel to all these countries, live in all these countries, do all these things because I'm just a normal person. I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, you can do it, but it's tough. I think it's really tough to like balance. I experience this much of the world, but now I have stability and um, I'm gaining what I always wanted in life. Because me and you, I know damn well we wanted that fucking degree. We oh yeah, it, it was it was this thing. It was this. I guess it's it was probably a mental thing. It's probably a, like a, a sense of pride or whatever. Yeah. It's also a, a uh, whether we want to or not. It's a subconscious parental pleasing aspect. Where yeah. I'm like, I know my parents want me to get a damn degree. I I will accomplish this goal. Yeah. Which I hate about myself, but I it's stuck in there. <laughs> so like, but you you know you went through this stuff still achieving that so that's awesome that you got done how long did it take was it like the typical four years oh for school school was so basically as soon as i got out you know i I remember i got out i got year i'm sorry i got on so i got off active duty in 2015 we kind of jumped i guess for the listeners we kind of jumped vince you know you kind of went down that path um, basically, year, basically, so like the motivation, like to, to summarize all this, the motivation, like basically it steadily declined and then rose again. Okay. Um, and what I want to say to all of you, uh, my, my best advice is, is, is know what you want and just, just go with it. I mean, who cares what anybody thinks? Yeah. I mean, just, just, if you enjoy the military, if you enjoy traveling, if you enjoy traveling and you enjoy seeing new things, the Navy's not a bad place to go. I mean, um, you know, or, or any branch really. I mean, but I mean, you're, you, you know, figure out what it is that you want to do. You know, don't, don't just say, Oh, well, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to, you know, focus on one goal and make that your priority. And then you can have a small, you know, sub goals outside of that, but find one goal and dedicate, you know, a lot of your energy towards that, you know? Yeah. Energy for sure. You have to figure out what you want to do mm-hmm. and get after it. Because I think a big thing of our generation that we screwed up on, um, a big thing we screwed up on was, well, I kind of want to do this. Yeah. I kind of oh, want to yeah. do this. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. I guess I could do that. No, dude. Like, you know what? If you love something, go after it. Absolutely. Fucking send it. Get after it. If if you like, if you think you're the next freaking Call of Duty player. You better be putting in the hours. <laughs> but, but if you want to try that and actually put in the effort that that takes, then, then fucking do it. 
if if you think you're going to be the next lawyer, okay, go get that degree, go to law school, go yeah. free law off the bat. But like, get after goals. You could even do like the small ones too, like you said, sub goals. That's yeah, a big one, man. Focus focus mainly on one goal and make sure that you meet your objectives for that one goal that you're that you're trying to achieve because there's always got to be a purpose in your life in order to succeed you need a purpose happiness and purpose are two separate things i will be honest on For that sure. they're For two sure. separate things like ben like I don't, your your purposes in life are what you know like raise good children raise good children uh, keep my keep my family happy or keep my family in good standing and uh you know that's that's really it i provide for my family like that is my main goal in life right and you know everything else is a sub is a subset of right absolutely and and that's the thing i mean like you know like like you know and 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 maybe ben's you know enjoyment maybe drinking a beer (laughs) you know or happiness portion happiness yeah but happiness comes from Achieving goals too. Right. So like yeah. if I feed my family for the week or my kids are truly happy and those that have kids, you see that light in their eyes when they do something and you look at them and it's beautiful. That's happiness yeah. to me. And um, my spouse, when I make her smile with like not doing cheesy, like corny shit, like something I truly meant to do. That's badass. And then like for Vince, you know, he doesn't have that yet. But like, I'm sure there's moments in your life that you have found happiness out of your purpose. Like, can you give an instance? <laughs> um, Even like your hard workouts, right? You do hard ass workouts. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, like I, I would say that. So I, 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 uh, I'm a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu practitioner, so. Yeah. So like, um, I have some good roles, you know, I, I roll with, roll with some decent people, you know, like, um, people, you know, my skill level or even, even higher sometimes, or even lower, you know, slightly lower, whatever, you know, um, it's just good to know that I had a good, good role with them, you know? Um, yeah, dude, that's a, I, I haven't, I'm, I am, you can ask Vince, I am not good at jujitsu. But yeah, and put it in the time. That's the right. thing. If you but put it in time, you'd be you'd be good at it. Rolling after you get done, I've done it a couple times. A weird training session for the military I've done, where after you get done with someone that either you do respect, or either if they're better than you or worse than you, when you get done after putting in that effort, that's such a good feeling. Mm-hmm. That's that's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I mean, like like you know the goals. The goals like in life are to, you know, succeed. I mean, honestly, to succeed, you know, that that's that's your biggest goal to succeed. You know, for me, at least, you know, maybe I'm maybe I got the wrong mindset on that, you know, but no, that's, you know, I mean, the main goal is, you know, if you look at uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, and you look at, you know, you look at the pyramid, you know, the survival, survival, shelter, food, whatever else. And then go all that. Top top of the pyramid is like esteem or whatever you know, and they say like nobody reaches that that point. You know, everybody's striving to achieve that to achieve they the top. Keep, they they hit it, they tap it. Yeah, 
you tap into it every now and again. You know, they say like, you know, I, I've read studies on this and I don't know how true this is, but I say like Buddhist monks, you know, like they, they say they're like the closest to achieving the top of the Whatever, pyramid, man. you know, people that are closest to achieving are the dudes that are truly happy with their lives. I think, I think like we can always, we can always look at times. There's always going to be highs and lows. There's always going to be highs and lows. I mean, you're going to look at periods of your life and say, man, what the fuck was I doing? You know, <laughs> for sure. For sure. That kind of leads me into what, like, the closeout, not the closeout, but like, what are the pros? We'll go over the pros first, I guess. <clears throat> Excuse me. The pros of you getting out, what would you say the high points are? Oh, man. Okay. So the high points of getting out, um, you know, like, I guess the environment. So like uh, on a ship, you know, you're or even in the barracks back back when I was in Japan, I mean, close quarters, you know, uh, really no space to yourself. Um, And we call them coffin racks, you know, so I mean, like it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, you were just sleeping on top of each other, you know, six foot by two foot rack, um, no space showering you know there's a hundred people there was four showers you know i mean just just kind of wild the things that we actually did we were able to handle i mean like you know we we didn't have any space for anything i mean and we just got really crafty at uh making this little six foot by two foot bed our home you know and for months at a time um so man that shit got old you know the sand you know basically like the the sanitary aspects of it I mean, yeah, no, not everybody's clean. And it's hard to be clean because you're working your ass off. Because yeah, on a ship you're doing, you know, the minimum is 12 on, 12 off. But set, you know, six days a week, holiday routine if you're lucky. Most time it's 12-12. Most time if you're like, it's not 12-12. You're working, you know, 14, 15-hour shifts on deployment. Um, you know, and so, I mean, and then, you know, like having, you know, back to, back in the day, I, I'm like I said, I'm just kind of a stubborn guy. So, uh you know, I remember thinking in my head that, you know, they control, like the military controlled everything that I did, you know, like, but my thing was, was I would go to the gym every night, even after working a 14, 15 hour day. Yeah. And it's kind of stupid because I would lose sleep. Yeah. But it's so, but it was for me. Right. That was the whole, it was like, ah, I, you can't take my gym time away, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is so stupid. Yeah, I'm going to lift this 500 just looking back it was like you know it was like it was like that was my time you know yeah. nobody could take that from me you know and i would read the bible out at sea a lot you know i'd read the bible um i'd read uh different books you know and i would just i realized that there was new testament mostly yeah new testament mostly i feel like that's the most relevant um don't get me wrong old testament has a lot of good mor- morality you know oh, yeah everybody has a but yeah it's the new testament mostly um you know but um but yeah i I, but basically you know yeah that was the 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 pros of getting out is not having to uh deal with space issues and having like you know you feel like you're living in a luxury apartment you you see my apartment's not very big yeah you know it's probably like 800 square feet maybe 900 square feet i don't even know what it It is it still feels like a mansion that feels like a mansion you know and uh i mean just being able to see friends and family on a regular basis. Um, that's really nice. Yeah. I think an interesting thing about military is a lot of us moved away because 
we also had issues with our family, whether it was major or minor. Yeah. And I think you move away and you're like, well, you know what? Fuck, I'll take it. Like, uh, I want that. I don't, I don't know if that was your. Yeah, man. Come back. I, that's what I found. There, there was a woman that, uh, that I, that I used to live with, uh, her name. Well, I, I'm not going to give out her name, but, um, she, she brought up something to me and it kind of put it into perspective for me. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, basically I felt like, I, we were the Island of misfit toys, you know, and Rudolph the red nosed reindeer, oh, yeah. you know, um, you know, everybody that joins was running from something, you know, Yeah. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think, I think true for personally i think it's true for like 80 percent yeah of the enlisted side mm-hmm. officers that's a, a whole well that's a whole different ball game, game. yeah it's a whole different i mean that's different deal i'm gonna man. try to talk to them and see what they think well i'd be interesting it's like yeah because it's a whole different mindset it's a different way of way of, i mean even the military is different for them cool. they're still like getting after it yeah after it. Every, well, they look at their bank accounts every, you know, yeah. every two weeks. And they're like, oh, yeah. Who, who, or who, yeah, in the yeah. Navy. Yeah. Or hoorah in the Marines. <laughs> yeah. um, what do you say the cons are? Cons, man. Uh, um, yeah, man. So the cons, there's a lot of cons. Honestly, I, I would go with cons over pro, you know, more, more cons over pros. Um, Cons basically, um, kind of losing a family, you know, yeah. like, but I will say this though, and you've kind of pointed this out to me that even if you're still in the military, when you leave a duty station, you kind of lose a family anyways. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that's the thing. And it's Every like. Every fucking time after PCS. Yeah. You have to go. You literally leave a group of people you love. Like, yeah. you truly love them. Yeah, you do. Like, yeah. Oh, and man. You don't talk to them either because that's how military works. Mm-hmm. You don't, you end up not talking. Yeah, man. It, it's it's wild. You know, and I tried pretty hard to reconnect with some old friends. And for years, we actually did stay relatively connected. But as time passes, man, it's just human nature a lot of times. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if it's modern society, if it's if it's the way things work now with, you know, the way we are now with social media and everything else. I don't know, you know, um, but my God, it just it sucks because it's like I think about those people a lot. Yeah. And I do miss them. And it's I, one of the most depressing feelings ever when you think about someone you spent so much time with in a short amount of time. It's so crazy how close you get to all of them, too. It's like it's like they've real brothers, real sisters, you know, um, you know, that just, I mean, just, just, I always hold them to the highest, uh, reward, you know, cause we went through some shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember just like, yeah. uh, just like, uh, you know, missing tool, you know, it's 2 AM wake all them people up, wake all them, you know, get everybody up down to the shop. You know, it's 2 AM night shift loss of tool, you know, so FOD, you know, foreign object damage, you know? So it can't get up in the planes, you know. So it's a big, it's a big major issue. It's kind of losing a bullet. It's like losing a round, you know. It's same yeah. situation, you know. Well, we don't trip about rounds. Well, we, well, we, no we did it, for no, sure. Because yeah. yeah, I guess that's a bigger deal. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, FOD's a big deal on a carrier with planes. I mean, well, with aircraft, you know, in general. 
I mean, uh, you can down an aircraft. I mean, even piece little wood chippings and stuff like that. I mean, so metal, yeah, metal. Oh yeah. I mean, I remember this one night we were looking for this Allen wrench, dude. I remember like, what the fuck? You know, like, like no, no. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Oh man, dude. Yeah, like, motherfucker was like, like this yeah. big, dude. It was like, yeah, like, yeah. like, like one of those, the smallest. Yeah. You know, you got the little like the the toolboxes. It's it fucking gone. It's Shit's boat. gone, dude. And I got an Allen wrench for you, <laughs> right here. Oh man, you it's wanted crazy. to say it, you know? And and I mean, I think uh, you know the brotherhood. The well, I'll just I'll I'll encompass everything. Brotherhood, sister, whatever, you know, I encompass it all in brotherhood, you know, um, it's, you know, but just the camaraderie, um, for sure, you know, some great friends, great, great people, um, the sense of purpose, uh, losing that was big, you know, out here, you got to figure it out. You got to figure it out. And, and you guys, you guys had a little time before you went in to understand what it was like to be a civilian, you know, to understand yeah. what. Uh, like an adult I civilian. Do, I do hold that to my credit that I did have to figure out like what I am going to do. We have 20 seconds left, so I have to do a part four. That's all right. So I will stop it. And hopefully, we'll figure it out. We'll see you guys when we come back. Back with part four. I'm pretty sure I'm building an anthology. <laughs> so, uh, Sorry, guys. Talking a lot. I love it. I, I love it. I was worried we're gonna go short, so I'd rather do this than uh, than worry about it. So Vince, you were telling us, you know, the camaraderie, the brotherhood. Yeah, man. Those very those very primal feelings you feel when you're close to people in a uh, stressed environment. Yeah. Which you dealt with, and how that was kind of taken away, and how you got to figure out life real quick when you got out. And how me, he's talking in reference, he's talking about me and my buddy Ryan. Um, we both joined a little later. I think Ryan joined about two years. Ryan was pretty quick, like right out of high school. So he really didn't have like the right. Seth Duncan is yeah. a good guy. To, right. Seth, um, Seth, I'm talking to you. Navy, yeah. Talking to you, Seth. Fred. Fred. Fred, Fred fucking Fred was 30. Fred <laughs> he was 30. He's in the National Guard, but he was active Guard. Yeah. Which is a very um, but they were also, I mean, Seth was freaking 25, 26, somewhere in there. Oh, maybe, yeah, yeah, 25, 26. Was also 30, 31, right? 30. So just yeah. turned 30 when he joined. So, yeah. So they were both very stellar athletes, very strong gentlemen. Yeah. They were calling gentlemen. That was weird. Sorry, dudes. Um, <laughs> like, but they, there are gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. What are you talking yeah, about? Classy scholars. Um, gentlemen and scholars. Did, they, they, but they were very um, just late to the game, but they can tell you all about life. And I'm sure Fred had to to some of these kids. Um, oh, yeah. I was 22 when I joined. Um, so I really just saw the – I talked about on my first podcast. Uh, I talked about how it it's hard because you just saw enough of life to realize it, it's fucking hard, but you're still young enough to where – you're sucking just the same as the people joining. Yeah. Yeah. You, you were in a, in a weird spot. You were, you were really young still. You had like the college experience and kind of bills and things like that. I was a, I was a fucking clown still. So it's not a big deal. It, it was, 
No, I mean, you, but I, you had. Yeah, but I, yeah, but I fixed. I, I had to get something going. I was still doing dumb shit. Was, it, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Now, now he laughs because he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. So, so he, I, he... I think that's the hard part. If you go out and you don't get that correction from the military and you are that clown or hobo, you are going to struggle at life. You are going to fail at shit. And you've got to figure out a way to fix that. And that's how, what I found in the military. Yeah, that's that, really what I'm looking for in the podcast is to see how people dealt with stuff and what it did for them and, you know, all that's all that. So like to all, all of you guys out there, you know, and, and I don't know the, the demographics were actually that you're you're hitting. I have no idea. You know, um, we're rooting for a million. <laughs> what I'm getting at here is is basically like, you know, like, you know, I've got a cousin that says this all the time. He goes, well. You know, if I joined the military, I'd hit them drill sergeants right in the face. You know, they couldn't tell me what to do. And, you know, and, and I mean, okay, you know, cool. But, you know, like, you know, honestly, give it a shot. I mean, like, it, it will make your life better. I mean, um, it will give you structure. It'll give you a baseline. And I think that's one of the pros out of this that, that it gave me was a baseline. You know, it gave me the opportunity to go to college, you know, gave me the opportunity to see all these places, the experiences. I mean, that, that one, we could create a podcast on sea stories. I mean, we're not even getting into in the depth on sea stories. I mean, there's a lot of crap 100%. that, yeah, we had someone, and that's why I think this one's going to be one of the longer ones. And I'm, I apologize for that, but I mean, but I mean, like there's just so much to, I, I think there's so much nuance and intricacy to what you dealt with, you know, trying to adjust to this crazy lifestyle. And I don't, I think that's our part too, is the Navy is kind of smaller. So yeah, we, I mean, like I know you and I think I know one other guy from our hometown that joined the Navy, Craig Justice, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He's a, he's a E7 now. Right. Yeah. yeah. He's doing, he's really, doing really well. He's a nuclear saying, engineer. But all we see is his Facebook post. Or that's all I see. Yeah. You know? So, like, I, um, I guess it's just a, a different lifestyle altogether. Oh, yeah. 100%. So much uh, to deal with. So. It's, so, I want to, I want to break something down here. This is pretty cool, you know? You know, I want just to let you all know i wanted a cool like intro song coming into this but i think there's like copyright issues and everything else but uh, i want to like you know motley crew song It'd be pretty badass you know but but uh back whenever we were out at sea and we would uh you know we would go out on deployment we had a captain our first captain captain lousman um every time we pulled into a uh back into japan it was our home port right and uh he played the song on the one mc which was the intercom so the whole ship could hear. Dun, 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 dun. I'm on my way home, sweet home by Motley oh, Crue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was just always badass. And he he would always call us rock Banger. stars, man. He he calls rock stars yeah, on the yeah, ship. Yeah. He say, "You all are rock stars." Just no, dude. He lived the rock star lifestyle, oh, okay. like uh, Fat Leonard, like that whole deal, like with the like with like the whole like embezzlement and like getting favors from like all these like foreign ports and stuff like he was involved in that and he got kicked out of the navy for it 
they were these these officers and stuff were getting like favors. Oh no, it was like a rock star lifestyle, man. Like it was like no joke. It was a real deal, and and it was fun, man. I mean, so so that's like one of the you know the pros. We had just a lot of fun, man. We get we got to see a lot of things. Like got to do a lot of cool things. Brotherhood, um, you know, family, um, and just the skills that you picked up. You know, like the the ability to deal with uh, stress and other things. I think like I think it's so cool. I think it's such a cool idea of you doing something or I guess the Navy idea for those I guess that are thinking about it like I'm not trying to discredit the Army but the Navy offers that travel and that close close camaraderie I don't think the Army offers as well yeah I mean you you gotta leave so like when they when you go to foreign ports right like they tell you it's a mar- it's like a marriage contract like because if you leave the boat with your Liberty buddy, you got to come back to the Liberty buddy. Anything your Liberty buddy gets in trouble for while you're off the ship, like in a foreign port, like let's say I go to Hong Kong. Yeah, you're in trouble with them. You're in trouble with them. Yeah. So that's like that's like that collective punishment type of thing. Like if your friend decides to sneak out of the hotel at, you know, 2 a.m., I mean, you got to trust the person you're with. Yeah. I mean, um, so it's it's uh, it's decisions, man. It's, it's it, Decisions mean everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, but yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's the brotherhood. It's, uh, it's, it's the traveling, it's things like that. It's the sense of purpose. Um, you knew you were a part of something bigger than yourself, you know? And I think a lot of times like, uh, out here in the civilian world, you're just focusing on, um, you know, Hey, how do I make X amount of money or how do I, or my role? Yeah. And it's like, man, you know, really get involved in your you know, in your communities, you know, if anything, if you guys don't join the military, I mean, the military is a great, 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 great thing to do. I think, I think it's a great starting point and it can be a great career for a lot, a lot of people. Um, but even if, if you don't join, go out and get involved in your communities, go out and join, uh, some sort of, uh, organization, you know, like, uh, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu or boxing or Muay Thai martial arts, or you can go to a, a gym, a CrossFit gym, or you can go to, you know, uh, join your local church, uh, uh, you know, whatever organ, you know, whatever Knights of Columbus. I mean, I mean, volunteer, get involved, you know, find a deeper purpose than just yourself because you will not be happy if you're just going through the motions and, and, earning a paycheck. You have to get involved. And that is something the military gives you. And that's something I do miss dearly. Um, I think that's a great, like, that's a great summary of like the options that the military offers that like a lot of places do not. So I appreciate that. Vince. Yeah. I think, Um, I think that's, uh, well, I mean, that's what people should know. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to get after here is people understanding what it has to offer that I think it's not publicized enough. There's stupid bullshit ads of pick your gamer for the army. I'm like, dude, no, you know, what the did? It, it fixed my fucking life and it gave me a house and kids like, 
and it gave me structure. Yeah. It gave me structure. So, well, gonna, I don't want to dive into it because I'll, I'll get pissed off. <laughs> I'll, start, I'll start getting mad. But I just, you know, I want to appreciate you. You're my first guest, man. This is my first guest on this podcast. I'm still trying to learn it. I think this was a really good interview, though. I think it went down really well. Um, I appreciate you for your time. Yeah, dude. Is there any other, number one, is there any other words you want to say to the group? Um, so something I just want to say is, is like, if you guys pick up anything out of this podcast, right? That's what we call this a podcast, right? Yeah. I think if you guys pick up anything out of this podcast, I think like something you guys need to realize is, is that, you know, I said this earlier, but the grass isn't always greener on the other side. I mean, um, you know, appreciate what you got, you know, especially if you're a young person, you know, like, um, appreciate what you got, but, you know, still have ambition, still be willing to, uh, strive to achieve more, you know, but at the same time, don't just, uh, don't just say, Hey, you know, I don't have this. I don't have that. Like always appreciate what you have, you know, that that's important. I mean, cause sometimes, you, you know, any day you can, you can lose, you know, anybody or anything. I mean, one day you could be driving a Lambo or, you know, a Mercedes the next day you could be driving nothing, you know, I mean, you know, so always be grateful for what you have. Um, and then something, you know, just to kind of, kind of keep in mind is, is that you should always be looking to achieve more. And I think in the military, I think you will always have that. You will always have something to strive for. There is always a ladder to climb in the military. There's always a ladder to climb. You will never just be stuck in one spot forever. Like you will always have the ability to grow and to achieve more. So I think if any of you were thinking about joining the military and that that's your goals and you want to achieve more, I think that's the right path for you. Um, and, you know, kind of something I can tell you is, is like, you know, you, you always have in life, you're going to have, you know, peaks and valleys going to go up and down you're going to go up and down you know you, you can agree with that 100 percent. i mean oh, yeah uh, I mean, your life will 100 percent. whether you're single married divorced widowed um everything comes in strides tom hanks said it best i think in one of his interviews he said this too shall pass right he was talking to other yeah you ever see that clip he's like oh you're doing great you're doing great in your career this too shall pass. Yeah. Oh, you're, you hate your fucking life. You want to you quit. You want to give up. This too shall pass. So those highs and lows, they, they go away. Yeah. Um, so don't, don't let that deter you. Yeah. No, nah. no. Nah, and like, that's the thing, like stay committed, like tall, tall of you young folks out there. Like, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not that old. I'm not an old man. At least I don't, I don't feel like an old man, but I'm 30. Like, but to all of you that are like 16 to 25, you know, like, like something I can tell you, you know, is just, uh, is to quit trying to please, you know, everybody that, uh, you feel like you got to please, you know, social media, you know, I mean, keeping up with the trends, keeping up with, uh, the Joneses, you know, every, everybody, all your friends, you know, you know, I, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. I mean, just, just go out and be yourself, go out and and go, go make a life for yourself. I mean, do, do what makes you happy. doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I mean, just go out. Cause at the end of the day, you're, you're the one that's going to have to live with it. 
I mean, so. 100%. That's, uh, that's my philosophy Dude, on that's that. that's the worst, too, when you make, because me and you have made, uh, let's call them boo-boos, right, in our life. Lots of them. And you have to, like, live with that decision. Mm-hmm. And it hurts worse than anyone telling you shit. It's you at mm-hmm. up at night. What am I going to do to fix this shit? You know, like that, that's the worst, man. Yeah, I think I think you gave so much fucking insight on this on this episode. It was awesome. I I appreciate you being my first guest because this is a very bold leap for me, and um, I re- I think it went really smooth. Hopefully, we'll see. I guess how the how it turns out. But um, thank you for coming on, man. My last question for you before we get off here, I'm gonna ask it probably to every one of my guests. What would be your favorite movie recommendation to every to every private joining to every sailor to every airman to marine? What's the, what's the motivation? Come on. So my mine's cringe as hell. I mean, uh, it's gonna be uh, Rocky Four. He says it's cringe as hell. He told me this. He told me it before because I was trying to figure out a question. But like Rocky Four is badass. Okay, the training montage alone, <laughs> I'll watch it and get pumped for the gym. Okay, and uh, the training montage, the freaking uh, intro with James Brown and freaking Apollo coming in, living in America. Dude, yeah, living in America. James Brown, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just badass. Oh yeah, it's badass, and like you know, like uh, I mean, obviously it's all absurd because I mean, like, well, you can see it, like you know. You know, Drago was you know, taking steroids and everything else. And, yeah, yeah, and like you know, like like Stallone's doing the old-fashioned cutting wood. So like from this naive, like you know, sixteen-year-old, he's like saying, "Oh, if I cut more wood, I'm going to be badass like Rocky." But that's not necessarily true. Yeah, but Vince also cut wood. Man. I you see it. I still cut wood all the time. Yeah, yeah, you think you're going to be a badass, but really, really, uh, well, I don't want to say steroids is the way to go, but. <laughs> <laughs> and then the book you said, right? You said something about yeah, the book. Yeah, give me a book. Give me one book to recommend to people. So, honestly, uh, one of my one of my go-to books, like, you know, if you're a, a martial artist or just somebody that's really looking to improve your life, um, I think it's uh, the Book of Five Rings by uh, Miyamoto Musashi. I bought that book actually. Did you? I'm reading it right now. It's a good yeah. book. So it's a short book too. Yeah, it is. Like Very it. short read. Very short read. It's something that um, it applies real world. It's uh, so like carpentry and and different things. It's kind of funny, but it it's like he uses examples of like carpentry and mason work and other things like as like. Uh, as real life examples that help you yeah. tackle. He also applies it as a warrior. Yeah, as, as a, a warrior. warrior. He's a real deal warrior. Like, yeah. He applies it as that, but it relates to anyone in any circumstance. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a very ahead of its time book. Yeah. 1600s. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, way ahead of its, either way, it's yeah. still way ahead of its time. One of the last samurai in the world. Yep. Very awesome dude. Bad mofo. They do the intro. He's like, my name is Baba Musashi. 
I have killed like sixty-seven. <laughs> he's being sincere too. Yeah. He's like he's like real. Sound like the Princess Bride. Yeah, he killed my father. Prepared to die. That's a great recommend. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think it's so. A, and then I like quick reads too. That's awesome. Yeah, man, it's 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 a quick read. I mean, it, I don't even know how many hours it take. It doesn't. Yeah, just quick. Read a book. Okay. Read. Get up. If you're watching, if you're watching YouTube, and David Goggins is obviously great. David Goggins is, is very That's extreme. The goal here is to get David Goggins. Holy shit! That's the goal. Okay. Well, Goggins would be like, be talking to you, be like, "You're all fucked up." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you're a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Vince. Thank you so much for coming on, um, listeners. If you stayed through for <laughs> through the whole podcast for this, uh, I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, I look forward. Uh, stay tuned for our next episode. Uh, we should have one out every week now. At this point, I'm trying to keep it pretty consistent. So, um, Vince, thank you for coming by. Yep, not a problem. Thanks for having me. No problem. And uh, We'll see y'all later. Peace out, homies.